This is the Edinburgh Reporter podcast, and this morning I'm with Christine Darden, MP for Edinburgh West. Christine, you're here doing one of your regular surgeries. Um, what kind of week have you had? Oh, well, um, it's been yet another busy but ultimately disappointing week in Parliament because we haven't made any progress. Again, the Prime Minister's kicked the can down the road, and it is getting to this stage now where it's stressful for everybody. Business doesn't know what's happening. Um, people are still speculating about no deal, even although twice now Parliament has voted for it to be taken off the table. The Vet Cooper amendment was passed again this week. So we really need to make sure that when we come back again on the, the 11th, 12th and 13th of March, that we do get some progress because we cannot go on with this mess, this uncertainty. So we, you know, you I, even, you even had, didn't you? Know, she cancelled um, your recess in February and everything. So it's really bizarre that there's no progress. That what for me? I looking back now, I think that was a pointless exercise because, as you say, there was no progress. And for MPs like me who don't live in London, it meant that those were five days that I could have been here. I could have been at home in Edinburgh. I could have been talking to people. I could have been helping um, people sort out problems and been available. As it was, I only got home on you know the Thursday and the Friday. And that is, that is for me, extraordinary. And that's really frustrating because that, to me, is the important part of the job, is working for the constituents. Now, if there'd been big legislation that had to be dealt with, or I'm a... Uh, DWP spokesperson so if there'd been anything about universal credit that needed dealt with yes I can understand that but to be kept there for a business which really was like a day and a half's worth it's just not good enough when we're at such an important point in our economic and political and social history when this is such a big decision to keep kicking it down the, the road and to keep saying it's you know it's definitely going to happen well, is it definitely going to happen? I have my doubts, and I really hope it doesn't. And then to, to have a week where you say, no, we're going to stay here and work, fine, do that, make the progress, and then nothing happens. It's not fair on the people who we represent. So, talking about the people that you represent, uh -huh. what are your political hot potatoes at the moment then in, uh, in your constituency? I'm still getting a lot of mail about Brexit itself from people um, and I've had people stop me in the street over the last few weeks and say, you know, can you stop it? This is madness. So, well, we're doing our best. It is uh, madness. Um, I don't mean the original vote was madness. I think people voted for genuine reasons. But I think two and a half years down the line, the situation has changed. And it's time that people got the chance to see whether or not this is actually what they want now. Um, so that remains a hot potato. The quality of our air... Um, is for me completely unacceptable. Now where I come from in this is that when I was growing up I lived um, on the other side of the country as a child and we had an asbestos factory and a shipyard and my mother worked um, one day a week in the shipyard but we all lived downwind of the asbestos factory and there's a monument there now, a memorial, a beautiful stainless steel memorial with the names of all the people who have died of asbestos poisoning in Clydebank and my mother is on that Memorial. So I know so the you cost. Get a personal interest yeah, in this. I know the cost of breathing in air that isn't clean. And every time I see another report that puts Queensferry Road and St John's Road right at the top of the toxic air leagues in Scotland, I get angry 
because no child, no adult, but no child should be breathing in that sort of air, poisoning their system needlessly. We can do something about it. What are you doing about it? Well, I've been speaking to the community council and supporting their views on, you know, we need emission zones, but we also need them to come out further. We need to encourage people not to bring cars into the city. We need cleaner buses. We need we need to improve the transport system. Now, we've got a good transport system, but we don't always use it to the best. And there are communities like Ratho, Queensferry, Cramond, Barnton, who don't have sufficient links into the city centre for people to have the option not to take their car. Now, those are things that we need to work on. This week, I also um, I went to see the Environment Minister, um, Michael Gove, at Westminster, because clean air is still a UK thing. Air is no respecter of borders and parliaments. And said to him, you know, we really need to be more aggressive in the way that we tackle air pollution. I'd like to see city deals have things written into them for every city about what they need to do to clean the air. And I'd like, I'd like much more of a strategy. Now, people will say to me, the Scottish government is trying. I have no doubt the Scottish government is trying, but we all have to accept it ain't working when we are still breathing in air as polluted as we are in Edinburgh West. So that's going to be your continuing theme then for the rest of 2019 at least? Yeah, well that's that's a main local issue. We're still, Universal Credit, we're just beginning to hit the sort of, the critical point for a lot of people. It was rolled out here on November the 8th now, it was something like a year late, but from, since November people are now getting to the point where payments are late or they've had the first payments and all the research into Universal Credit tells us that it's not the first period. People manage to cope through that, I don't know how, but that five, six weeks of not getting money. But it's two or three months down the line when it begins to go wrong, when the change from having housing benefit paid directly to the landlord begins to tell because it's, it's a very difficult position that people are put in. It's a very stressful position. And very often, you know, I think we have to accept that a lot of people who are on um, housing benefit, it's it's for another reason. It's not because they're not they're not working. They perhaps have a mental health issue or something like that, and you're putting them under immense pressure. Now that I think is going to be a growing issue. We've seen what's happened all over the country where it's been rolled out, um, the impact it's had on people, and I really don't want to see that in Edinburgh West so we're, um, we've organised one special surgery, we're talking to the other organisations, we're looking at doing another and really want to be there for people if they have a problem because I don't want to see the same sort of issues here that they've had elsewhere. Well I better let you go and uh, speak to the people who've actually come to your advice surgery this mm -hmm. morning because clearly they, uh, they do have some matters to discuss yes. with you and uh, thank you very much for speaking with us Christine. Not at all Phyllis, it's a pleasure. You can read the full length version of this story and of course all our other stories online at www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk.